Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today, final day of September, September 30th, 2016. Happy Friday to everyone. Uh, Shana Tova to, to all my Jewish friends. I'm, I happen to be Jewish, so I, I'm celebrating a holiday uh, this Sunday night, Monday morning, but uh, just I'll get that out there. Happy New Year. Happy weekend to everybody as we close out the week here, the first week of the NBA season here on Locked on Magic. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and have a good show for you planned today. Uh, wrapping up the week in practice uh, at, at the Amway Center. Obviously, they'll still be practicing because Monday we have a game, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's right, a real live NBA game. And I'm still trying to figure out if it's on TV or how to listen to it. I'll I'll hopefully be able to give you that on Twitter at Omagic Daily. It sounds like Wednesday's game at Cleveland is going to be on NBA TV, so you should be able to watch it if you get NBA TV. Uh, I'll actually be watching it on tape delay that day because uh, uh, my, my alma mater is playing UCF in men's soccer, and I haven't seen the Northwestern men's soccer team play in quite a long time, so I'm going to go check that out uh, and get back to you on the Magic game. Afterward, they'll be locked on Magic, of course, recapping that game as well as Monday's game against the Memphis Grizzlies with whatever information we can find. It's amazing to me that even in today's age, preseason games aren't on TV somewhere. But that's how life is. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make do. We do it every October, and it is almost October, so it does mean it's almost time for some kind of, sort of real basketball, some preseason basketball. But long way away, still, still a lot of work to do, and that was evident in practice throughout the week. So I'll talk a little bit about practice and what's going on there. I'll also be talking a little bit about the Magic and the relationship with the three-point line. Obviously, that is a big issue around the league. And then we'll close off today with a little mini mailbag. Got a good question uh, about the Magic and how they're doing in practice and and one of their new players, and and I'll answer that. Before, though, we dig in, I do want to encourage everyone to go to orlandomagicdaily.com and check out an article that I wrote today on the Orlando Magic and uh, what they may or may not do regarding national anthem protests. I know this is a hot-button issue among a lot of people, um, it certainly sparked debate what Colin Kaepernick has done with the San Francisco 49ers. If you want to know more about his situation, what's going on with him, he's obviously been very vocal and and, and very proactive uh, as this conversation has evolved. Go check out Locked On 49ers. You can find it on Audioboom and iTunes as well. Uh, but during Media Day, many players and as well as General Manager Rob Hennigan were asked about what they will do uh, for the national anthem, the NBA, of course, does have a rule requiring players to stand and res- and be respectful. But generally, the sense around the league has been that teams are going to allow players to express themselves however they want to express themselves. Uh, you know, as long as it's in a respectful manner. Um, and and I, I would, uh, you can debate whether kneeling is respectful or not. Later, I, I would consider. I think most people would say if it if they're protesting, that is respectful. That is still getting their message out, but being respectful. Uh, and a few Magic players commented it on it as well. 
Um, so, you know, I wrote an article uh, describing what they're gonna what they're gonna do and what they may or may not do. It, it sounds like it does not sound like Magic players are going to protest, but um, you never know. And certainly, I respect any player that that would decide to do that uh, and respect. Uh, that, that opinion and that as well. Um, you know, be sure also to check out a great article on CBSSports.com from Matt Moore with Jameer Nelson's response to the the protest to the protests and and what's going on in this country. Uh, it is an election year. I won't get too political, but stay informed. Vote. November eighth is now about a month away. So, uh, you know, if you're not paying attention, now would be a good time to do it. Um, you know, the debate Monday was was entertaining for itself, but. Uh, Now's the time to start paying attention if, if you aren't. Uh, that's that aside. Let's talk about something a little less serious, and, and that, that would be some Orlando Magic basketball. Now, the Magic have been practicing all week. Uh, you know, they've had now, they, had, they practiced twice a day, so now they've had five practices under their belts. Uh, and the general sense that, that I've gotten is that it's still a lot of learning. Um, you know, yes, there's a preseason game on Monday, but... It doesn't seem like Frank Vogel is using that as a benchmark. Like, we need to have 25% of our offense installed and, and our defense down pat by this date, or our defense relatively comfortable by this date. I, I don't think he cares about that preseason game other than the chance to scrimmage against another team uh, and see how things are working uh, against you know someone who's not expecting what's coming or or how the team begins to figure things out that that that's the usefulness of that preseason game and and even that feels a long way away the magic have another practice on friday they'll get saturday off and then they'll practice sunday so they have two more practices before they even get to that game and honestly i would consider that game another practice anyway the magic uh are beginning to install their offense. Um, they're beginning to scrimmage a little bit more. It, it sounded like from what we from what I heard at practice today that that they 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 played a full quarter today or on Thursday now. Uh, but it's still mostly drill work and getting down the basics. You know, if you've ever been to a basketball practice, and it have to be an NBA practice, any basketball practice, it isn't that exciting to see, especially these early practices with a new coaching staff, with the new teammates, with everyone pretty much starting from scratch. It's a lot of getting principles in and laying the foundation. And that's what this week for the Orlando Magic is really all about. It's about laying the foundation for what the team wants to do. That means drilling where to be on defense. That means talking about the principles and rules for defense. Like, I mean, when when I, Frank Vogel has said, you know, we're, we're really working on the rules of our defense or the principles of our defense, that's saying, you know, this is what we want. Our, this is the things we can't allow our def- uh, the defense to do. And, and for a lot of teams, it's you can't let them go middle. You can't, uh, you know, have, you know, you can't let a player split a trap, you know, things like, things like that. Um, you know, those are kind of, defense is very fluid. Um, it's a lot of talking. It's a lot of shifting. It's a lot of moving around. The offense does have an inherent advantage over defense, especially in the NBA. Uh, and defensive rules are really about just a set of principles that, that the team has to avoid to be successful. And, and getting those down and working on ways to prevent those rules from being broken is how teams are successful defensively. All of that's getting built from the ground up right now. As... As Frank Vogel said, I believe he said it on Wednesday, at this point he just wants them to be functional. 
I mean, they're they're still putting stuff in. They they load they they installed some more of their offense today. And a lot of the players saying, you know, learning an offense is learning an offense. It's just playing basketball. I mean, you go you these guys know how to learn plays by now and, and how to take that in. Um, it's more about establishing a foundation again. It's a principle. It's 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 those principles even on offense. It's a lot of running right now for the Magic. It's a lot of drill work on defense. It's a lot of focus on that on that end of the floor uh, as the Magic are trying to uh, pick things up. And, and and what was really interesting that Frank Vogel said uh, today at practice is he's not looking to have a finished product by the end of October. He knows it's going to be a work in progress. Instead, what he wants is for this team to continue to evolve and... and and continue to get better and change as the season moves on. And, and that's an interesting approach to things. Here's, here's what Frank Vogel had to say about that today. For me, it's not about um, you know putting stuff in and having it all in by a certain point. I think you evolve every week, every month throughout the, throughout the year. And you know, ultimately, ideally, for, in my mind, your offense and even your defensive versatility looks very different in April and going into the playoffs, and it, then it will look in November and December. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think you have to stay stay ahead of the curve, stay, stay ahead of the scouting, and continue to evolve. Certainly an interesting take on, on how to install an offense and, and how, to, how to install really the identity of a team uh, at this early stage. It's, it's all about the foundations right now, though. You don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. You don't want to put too much in, overload the players. You want them to, to, to make the very basics instinctual, especially on the defensive end. And that appears to be what the Magic are doing. Obviously, you know, the media isn't allowed, isn't privy to practice. And, and I think what I'm most excited to see in, in the two games next week and, and the Magic, the way the preseason schedule works out, the Magic have, two game, have a game Monday, Wednesday, and then they don't play again for another week. So I think that week between the, the Cleveland game next Wednesday and the San Antonio game the Wednesday after is going to be very, very critical for the Magic. It's just kind of seeing where they need to tweak things. And, and Frank Vogel even said at one point earlier this week that, you know, he's got to see how, you know, he's got his principles, he's got his ideas, but he's got to see how those ideas uh, interact with the team and whether the team takes to those ideas and, and be flexible enough to adjust. And right now is a time of, you know, kind of laying this, laying again, laying the foundation down, and then figuring out how to build from there. So, not a lot going on at Magic practice right now. Not a lot interesting. It's it's hard to say who's playing well, who's not playing well, because they're just they're not scrimmaging yet. They're 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 uh, doing a lot of work. Uh, uh, you know, if you they're doing a lot of defensive shell work. Uh, and if you know, uh, if you've played basketball at all, defensive shell work is essentially, um, you know, you run these. You know, you have coaches standing around the perimeter, passing the ball to different spots on the floor, and the defense is supposed to react to where it is and, and be in the right right place. It's not quite time for creativity. Certainly, there's probably some live action, some live scrimmaging, but no kind of formal five on five quite yet. It's it's still kind of drill work and, and making sure that they uh, hit the ground. You know, kind of get that base down pat before moving on to more complex things, like say a game. Uh, Monday will be very, very interesting. I'm, I'm interested in Monday just to have some data, you know, just to say, okay, here's what the Magic did well. Here's what they tried. Here's what they didn't try. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that, and, and we'll obviously talk a lot more about that on Monday's episode of Locked on Magic. 
Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10-31-17. The main thing, though, that I want to talk about today is on the offensive end. Now, Evan Fournier today said that the hallmark of what the Magic have done offensively is run. Lots and lots of running. And and I think that's an issue. That's something that, that we'll explore uh, as the season goes on and see if the Magic can truly play a fast-paced, you know, you know, running offense. But what's going to be really interesting to see is is how the Magic develop, you know, one of the major weapons uh, in the NBA today, and that's the three-point line. This Magic team is not considered a three-point shooting team. They they really aren't. Um, you know. Evan Fournier shot 40% from beyond the arc. He's probably the only player in the starting lineup, in the proposed starting lineup, so that's Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Nikola Vucevic. Obviously, that's subject to change. Uh, he's the only player in that you know, projected starting lineup who can fairly be considered a quality three-point shooter, someone that can make shots uh, at a decent clip. He was one of four players last year to shoot 35% or better from beyond the arc. Three of those players are no longer on the team. Serge Ibaka can step out and hit the three, but I don't know if teams really consider him a three-point shooter that they got to worry about. And so the biggest concern with this Magic offense, and probably why they do need to run and kind of catch teams while they're in transition, is that they just won't be able to space the floor. Teams will be able to pack the paint and rely on the percentages saying... Alfred Payton's going to hit 32% of threes. Aaron Gordon's going to hit 33% of threes. Serge Ibaka's going to be at 34. And that's going to be enough to stop the magic. Because if you're shooting only those threes, you're not. You're probably not going to win. The magic last year were not a heavy three-point shooting team. They shot 22.2 three-point field goal attempts per game, which was second in the league. They made 35%. No one's expecting the Magic to become a great three-point shooting team overnight. If they're hanging around 23-point attempts per game, that's probably just about right for this team. So, what you know, what are the Magic trying to do? Well, they don't need to take a lot of three-pointers, but they need to be smart in the three-pointers that they take, and they need to create good three-pointers. It's interesting to note that seven of the top 10 teams in three-point field goal percentage made the playoffs last year, but so did five of the bottom 10. So there's no correlation between three-point shooting and making the playoffs. It's not necessary, but it sure is nice, especially for a team that, that is projected to struggle on the offensive end. Interestingly enough, and I wrote about this a while ago with the help with the help of an article that Zach Harper of CBS Sports wrote, the Magic were really good at making wide-open threes. And I think this ties into something I talked about on yesterday's episode of Locked on Magic, which, of course, you can find on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and subscribe there and all that, all that good jazz. 
when the Magic are moving the ball and passing it around the perimeter, they're getting open shots, and their offense actually works. The Magic were not a good offensive team last year. I think they were 22nd in the league in, in offensive efficiency last year. But there were moments when it worked really, really well. I, You know, I grew up playing a Princeton offense. You know, I learned a lot about basketball running the Princeton, and, and it helped, you know, probably because I'm not super athletic. Uh, frankly, I'm not good at basketball. Uh, but I learned a lot about basketball philosophy and, and, and how an offense is run and how to create space and, and how to make a defense work in a motion-based offense, an emotion Princeton offense. The Magic didn't run a, a pure motion Princeton offense. It was, it was a ball movement offense. It was about moving the ball around the perimeter quickly, attacking the defense as it rotated, getting the ball inside and kicking it back out. That is still, that to me, that is still probably the Magic's best way to, to, to attack and score this year. There are questions about that, of course, and, and we don't really know what Frank Vogel is trying to run. I mean, we know it's going to be a lot of transition, it seems like. Probably some secondary transition sets where you know, the Magic get down the floor and go immediately into a play without having to reset or slow the ball down. They want to keep the ball moving. That's that's the key. Any any transition offense is really about keeping the ball moving because the ball moves faster than defenders, and that's always what you're banking on. And eventually a defense cracks, and you get an open shot. The Magic last year were particularly good at making wide-open three-pointers. And that's defined by NBA.com as no defender within six-plus feet. The Magic made 39.3% of three-pointers when they were wide open. Alfred Payton made 43.1% of his wide open threes. He had nearly one of those per game. Obviously, if you're shooting a wide-open three, you have a better chance of making it. So the question is, with the Magic shooters the way they are, how do you get them these wide-open shots? How do you get more effective three-pointers? The Magic were also relatively effective when they got open three-pointers, which NBA.com's player tracking stats define as a shot taken where defenders within four to six feet. They weren't as good at getting those attempts, 8.7, shot about 33%, but which which isn't a great, great clip. But the Magic did get a significant amount of open three wide open three pointers, according to NBA.com, and they were making those. The Magic are gonna have a weird relationship with the three-point line this year. It's gonna be a constant story throughout the season, I believe. They got more shooting off the bench now. DJ Augustin's a good shooter, Jody Meeks a good shooter, CJ Wilcox is a good shooter. Those guys you can rightly consider three-point shooters. That is their job. But creating those three-point shots, creating open three-point shots, because you don't want I I don't think this is a magic team that's gonna that can't afford to take many contested three-point shots unless they're late in the shot clock. And frankly, this Magic team doesn't sound like they're going to take a lot of shots late in the shot clock as it stands. Orlando's got to find a good relationship with the three-point line. They've got to get open shots. They've got to find a way to use that as a weapon. Because if you can use a three-point line as a weapon, even if it's a guy who's not a great shooter, but leaving him wide open is going to cause problems. 
you know, maybe that's something defenses can live with. But the Magic can still be effective at the three-point line, still use it as a weapon. And it's clear how they need to use it. They need to work the ball inside, cause the defense to collapse, and kick it back out for an open three. They're not going to be Steph Currying it and, you know, doing what Jameer Nelson used to do. Jameer Nelson was really good at coming around a pick and roll and throwing up a three-pointer. The Magic aren't doing that. What the Magic are going to do is run a pick and roll, get Alfred Payton into the paint, dish it back out to Evan Fournier, have him attack, and then kick it back out to Serge Ibaka in the corner, Aaron Gordon in the corner, wide open. It's going to come off of multiple attacks, and I think that's how the Magic are going to get their three-pointers. It's really unclear what that strategy is going to be, how much three-point shooting the Magic are going to allow, uh, but at the same time, it's a weapon they can't ignore. It's become more important in the NBA, and the Magic are going to have to find a way to be effective using it. And so it's, it's interesting. Vogel... Vogel's teams were not great three-point shooting teams either. So, you know, his offenses, though, are famously not very good. So it'll be interesting to see how this team relates to the three-point line, how they get their shots, how they run. I mean, again, this is all theoretical at this point because we just don't know how this team's going to run quite yet. So it'll be interesting to see how the Magic use the three-point line this year. Uh, Like I said, I think they need to get open three-pointers. I think that needs to be their focus when they're attacking from the perimeter. Uh, to to drive and kick a lot more and drive and kick, drive and kick. I mean, it's going to take multiple drives to get the kind of looks the Magic need to to be effective from beyond the three-point line and loosen up the paint just a little bit. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. And our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. All right, we're going to close out today's show with uh, our mini mailbag. Again, every week, every Friday, I'm planning on doing a mini mailbag during the season. So send in your questions to me on Twitter at OmagicDaily or use the hashtag LockedOnMagic. I'll be sure to like the questions that I'm going to answer on the show and and answer them on Friday in in this brief segment. Uh, I was a little late getting this out, so I didn't get a ton of questions. I'm sure that'll increase as the season moves on. And even if you're listening to this, like I tend to binge my podcast as well. Even if you're listening to this uh, way back in the day, like let's say it's it's the first week of November and you just happen to be listening to this. Um, hi from the past. We, we, we miss you. Uh, it, how good? How did the magic look? Let us know. Uh, but uh, you can always send send me a tweet at Daily with a question. Use the hashtag LockedOnMagic and I'll be sure to include it in the mini mailbag for that week. So I'll be doing this every Friday for the season. Uh, so be sure to uh, to check it out there. So I did get a question today from at MagicMan816. He says, reports are that Bismack, is, Bismack Biombo is being very vocal. What is Bismack actually saying? Well, I can tell you firsthand, Bismack Biombo is, is being very, 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 very vocal uh, in camp. Um, you know, the way practice is set up for the media right now at least is is the media is allowed in for the final 
five to ten minutes of practice at the moment. Um, you know, just we don't get to see a lot. We we pretty much see whatever drill they're doing. And on the first day of of practice, I've told the story, and I, it seems like I, I'm telling the story too much at this point. But the Magic had to had, were doing this conditioning drill, where they had to pass the ball to the opposite elbow, uh, receive the receive the pass, receive the ball back from the coach, pass it to the other end of the court at the elbow to where another coach was waiting, get the ball back, lay it up and in. They had two minutes to make 82 layups, and it was a left-handed layup. So they had two minutes to, to make 82 layups. We get we get in there at the beginning of this drill. This is the first, the first practice uh, that this happens. Uh, and the Magic falls short. I think they got 70-something. I, I forget what the number is. And Frank Vogel got on his team a little bit. He, he he said, you know, we've got, you know, to do this drill, you've got to be perfect and you can't jog. You've got to run harder and work harder than everyone than anyone else. We've got to, as a team, we've got to work harder than our opponents. And it's not just diving on the floor, it's getting up the floor quicker. Like I said, the magic plan to run. And throughout, so he gave them a second chance. They had... Two minutes to make... They had one minute now to make 41 layups. Same drill. And throughout this drill, Bismack Biombo is doing nothing but talking and encouraging his team. Saying, you know, come on guys. We, we, we got this. Let's do this. Um, and it was a sentiment that was felt throughout throughout the practice. Throughout the, throughout the drill. I mean, it was not a quiet gym. And the Magic hit 44 layups. Uh, Biombo has... You know, just just being around him a little bit, he is he is not a quiet guy. I mean, I think fans are really gonna love Bismack Biombo when they get to know him. I think I think actually, um, for those that are able to listen to the Magic broadcast on the radio, uh, on on five eighty AM WDBO in Orlando, or is that five? Yeah, it's still five eighty AM WDBO. Um, yeah, I don't actually, I don't think it's WDBO anymore. 580 ESPN Orlando, where the, the Magic's flagship radio station. Um, I believe Biombo is going to be the halftime feature for uh, one of the upcoming two games. So be sure to check that out because I think people are going to love Bismack Biombo. He's he's very good natured, uh, very you know, very fun to be around, but but also very serious. And um, you know, I think he really takes his role on this team very seriously. Uh, and Frank Vogel pointed out that Biombo's been very, very vocal, and and Biombo said, you know, I'm trying to be vocal. I mean, I I want this, I want to push this team, and and we need to push each other, and that's been a sentiment throughout training camp. Uh, Vogel also pointed out Serge Ibaka has been very, very vocal, and and he said it's it's very important for the center position, especially, to be vocal uh, defensively because they're kind of like the middle linebacker. They see everything on the floor. They call out the coverages. They 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 do so much for the team uh kind of with the defense all in front of them just letting letting players know what's coming behind them uh and he said Vooch has been actually pretty vocal too and and you can't just you can't be a quiet guy and play center uh but you know it's a lot of encouragement right now it's a lot of you know a lot of I mean defensive chatter is really really important a quiet defense is not a successful defense I mean they got to be talking they got to be letting everyone know what's going on and where 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 the help is coming from, where the help is, where the picks are coming from. They got to be talking. And, and Biombo, from what I've seen so far, and and what little practice I've seen, and, and from what he said and what Frank Vogel said, 
has been talking as much as anybody else. Um, he's been very vocal. Uh, he's been, you know, everyone call everyone's called him a defensive beast. Like they're really, it seems like they're really impressed with what he brings on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, and so it's good to see him feel comfortable uh, to to be a leader out on the floor, to be a leader for the defense on top of what he has naturally in talent. Um, this is not a quiet guy. I I don't know what the perception on him was, and Ibaka is really the same way. And actually, it, you know, maybe that's my own misperceptions about both those players. They're not quiet guys. They're they're talking. They're already joking around with each other. I, I'm kind of amazed by how good chemistry it seems that Ibaka and Biombo have already. Um, you know. Guys are joking with with each other already, so that chemistry is building. Uh, but certainly, having a vocal center back there has been already been very very helpful, and I think beneficial to the Magic. Uh, so Ringo, um, Magic Man eight sixteen, thanks thanks for the question. Um, hope that answered answered it. Um, you know, he's, it's a lot of kind of defensive encouragement. It's a lot of encouragement, um, a lot of defensive talk uh, from from what I've seen at least, and so. Uh, you know, it looks like Biombo's been a good fit so far. Obviously, a long, long way to go. They haven't played any games yet, uh, so we'll see whether that continues or not. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a, still a long, long way to go. I want to thank everyone again for listen for listening to Locked On Magic all week. We are through the first week of training camp, uh, first week of the NBA season. Essentially, we'll have games next week. I've got some good some good stuff planned. I'm hoping to do kind of a a weekly Q&A with, with a Magic player um, when I can. So hopefully I'll grab one of the players at practice tomorrow or, or Saturday uh, or Sunday, rather, before they, they head out on their road trip and, and have that for you. Get to know some of the players and, and get their insight onto the team. Got another busy, busy week, of course, next week. Got the two games and then more practice and ramp up to the regular season. It'll be here before you know it. It really will. Um, it's already October. There's 27 days until the NBA season starts, twenty or until the Magic season starts. 27 days. 27 days. I can't believe it. I'm excited. I hope you're excited too. Thanks everyone for listening to Locked On Magic. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You can check out back episodes of Locked On Magic. Talk to, we, if there's anything you're wondering about the Magic from the summer, you can probably find it in the growing catalog of, of daily podcasts that, that I've done over the last few months throughout the offseason. So be sure to check that out and subscribe and leave a five-star rating as well as a review. It really helps us uh, climb the iTunes rankings especially uh, and helps more people know about the show. And you should do that too by telling your friends that, hey, you're a Magic fan. You want to you know about the Magic? Listen to Locked On Magic every day. It's only 30 minutes of your morning or whenever you listen to podcasts. Um, I listen to them all the time too. Thanks, everyone, for listening once again. Been a fantastic week. So excited to have the Magic back. And we'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Napa know-how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17